the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. The entire Bible every year. On Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Sophie will ask questions from the Bible Live leaders. You call in with the correct answers and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of The Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. Hello, hey. Let's see. Am I in there? Uh-oh. Uh, we got a delay there, don't we? We're on a delay. We're on a little bit of a delay, but hello, you're there we are. Uh, you're in there. <laughs> I was yeah. hearing myself twice there. Uh, thanks for joining us. I know this is a little bit different time of day. I don't know if you knew you were joining us, um, but there is a special event going on um, live at 730 uh, called SoCal Harvest Crusade. And, uh, and so... SoCal, that... Southern California? So, I believe so, right? It's, it's happening in California that, that right now. That sounds right. Yeah, it sounds great. So stay tuned after the program. So Bible Live for tonight only is from 6 to 7.30. We're still going to dive into the Word. This last week we read uh, the whole book of Esther and then got into Corinthians. I'm going to do my best to not go right to Corinthians because I love Corinthians. <laughs> but uh, we're going to talk They're similar a in a way. Uh, yes, it is interesting. Conflict yes. in both situations. Yes, and this idea, you know, of course, the temple and in Corinthians talking about the temple. We've just been in Nehemiah, which was talk of temple, and then in Esther. Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a. I don't know. This might be a little bit of a stretch, but it's a beauty pageant kind of. Uh, there's a lot yeah. of physical aspect. In fact, I don't think God is even mentioned once in the Book of Esther. Right. Uh, Everywhere. Hinted at, right. but never explicitly, clearly mentioned. Yes, and so you think of the Book of Esther as very body. You know, uh, what is it? Plato and Aristotle. One's pointing down, the other's pointing up. You think of Esther as pointing down, like the matter yeah. and things and bodies and physical, uh, like a temple. And yet, Corinthians, you know, Corinthians, we're getting kind of pulled out of that perspective and recognizing that we are, we are the, the temple. temple. And um, anyway, so interesting. Um, uh, I, I want to mention something real quick that you said about Esther that, uh, oh, goodness gracious, 
se me fue el santo al cielo, as they say in Spain. <laughs> My saint just went to heaven. Your I forgot just... what I was going to say. <laughs> well, that's uh, okay. I'll still... Okay. Well, uh, the program starts... This is the Bible Live. Um, we'll be on just tonight only from 6 to 7.30. It's so fun to be in the studio at this time. It's actually daylight still, yeah. so that's nice. I had no idea all this construction was going down outside of the I <laughs> wonder what that's there. going to be. Looks like oh, a lot of different. They've been working on that for some time. Interesting. And somehow I hadn't noticed it. It's probably because when we get here normally it's dark. You don't see anything. That's yeah, we're, we're over here at Jones Maltzberger and 281 yes. by the airport. So, yes, so if you're wondering what. Uh, what we're talking construction about. site we're talking about it couldn't be that we're not observant uh, <laughs> oh, no. so that's that. my excuse and i'm sticking to it that's it was dark outside yeah oh, yeah. yeah i've been able sure. to watch this whole area of stuff happen you know over here at robbins elementary and stuff oh, you know the pool and all that and, and now this yeah it's a good bird's eye view you could probably be, be we we really could probably be talking about any area in San Antonio. There's so much construction. <laughs> but um, we are, yes, so we're in the book of Esther. Um, we, we just actually finished Nehemiah. There are a couple of really just verses left in Nehemiah, at least. And then Esther, uh, we'll go into Corinthians. And I'm Stacy this evening, and my dad is here. Soapy, still our host. Um, I don't yes. know if you, this is a little bit of a new audience, but he had a stroke about four months ago. And so his speech, he's come a long way. Thank you, Lord. Uh, but I'm still, still working on it. Working on yeah. it. And so, Work in progress, mm-hmm. yes. Or as we all are. But thank you, Dad, for being here and being you so bet. faithful. Uh, do you want to open us off in the book of Esther and tell a little bit about what we read? Yes. Uh, I know what I was going to say. <laughs> I was reading today as I was researching a bit for the program that it is thought that Esther was written that there were not as many explicit, clear references to God in the text of of Esther. Mm -hmm. Now, it is true that throughout God is is there, the acknowledgement of his presence. But the thought was that they had written the book of Esther with the thought that it was going to be included in the Persian uh, archives. And so, therefore, the Jewish monotheistic God wouldn't fit really well with the pantheism or or the uh, mini-God polytheism of Persia. And so the, it, it's uh, minimized explicitly but clearly understood throughout. I thought that would might be uh, yes. a plausible explanation for it, if right. it needs an explaining. Uh, but it was written and could be written, put down in writing, any time up to a hundred years before Christ. Mm. They're not wow. really sure of the when it would put it in final form and written, mm-hmm. but it, it, it's very historic uh, document. It had to do with the time of Xerxes, and uh, as you said, most people, I think it's one of the most familiar books of the Bible. Most people know this beautiful young lady 
a ride with the Queen of Persia mm -hmm. under the uh, Xerxes, mm -hmm. and then it put off and so on. It was not, not allowed to stay on the throne. Uh, temporarily, she would later uh, give him back her throne, uh -huh. but temporarily she would put out. And there's some interesting reasons as to why she would put out as well. But we can look at those a little later when we talk to Ruben. Yes, He's I on the phone, have a phone with us. Ruben. Hi, God bless you. Uh, Sophie, uh, I'll be praying for your recovery. I didn't know you were coming on this early. Uh, I always listen to you, but I've I've got a medical condition that makes me have to like sleep. Oh, oh yeah, when you take care of yourself, you get lots of sleep. All right, <laughs> I've learned that sleep is uh, yeah. is God's gift to us, and we need that recuperative sleep. So you go ahead, yeah, brother. But but I'll be praying for your full recovery. Thank you. And um, I was wondering, uh, it's not concerning what you guys are talking about now, but I'm glad that you're on because I've been breaking my head over this verse. I've been looking up different uh, uh, versions of it, Matthew uh -huh. 16 and 19. Uh -huh. And um, I finally settled on the Amer uh, uh, the ESV version. Uh -huh. I guess it's the English Standard Version. Yeah, right. It says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Mm -hmm. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Now, all these different translations, they say the same thing. But for the life of me, I've been asking God to spiritually show me what does that mean? Because I've heard so many people say so many different things. If, yeah. if you bind a spirit or a an addiction here, something to do with stuff like that. And I don't really think that that's what it means. Can you um, or your daughter give sure. me uh, um, an in, some insight, help on how I were to understand that and apply it to my life? Okay. That's in the context, Ruben, of uh, dealing with Peter and his faith, I, I, I believe that. Uh, and John gives, it, I mean, the Apostle John gives his, Peter, I mean, gets his famous reply when Jesus says, who do you think I am? He says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And so as a response to that, uh, Jesus talks about uh, P uh, Peter being blessed and and the people of God being blessed uh, as well. In other words, and I think you're right, there are several ways to look at it and different interpretations of it. Um, I think, Ruben, I, my basic thought had been this was Jesus saying that faith is going to be the coin of the realm uh, in his kingdom. The coin of the realm. The yeah. coin of the realm. In other words, okay. we live, we Live. We continue. We begin our journey with God by faith, mm -hmm. receiving Christ by faith. It's promised that He will come into our life and 
and redeem us, but now we still continue to walk with faith in the process of sanctification, mm-hmm. being changed, and uh, not only being changed, but being empowered for witness. And this is a reference to the empowerment, I believe, that he said, uh, you are going, you are Peter the Rock, or representative of all the people of God, and and he said, uh, this rock. And I think I I personally believe he's talking about your faith, not about Peter himself being the cornerstone of the church, but it's mm-hmm. faith. Upon this rock, your faith, I will build my church, mm-hmm. and. And then all the powers of hell will not conquer it, and I'll give you the keys of the kingdom. I believe we've been given the keys of the kingdom because we are given the gospel. When we share the gospel, uh, we open the door to heaven for multitudes of people as we share the gospel. When we are not sharing and we're not openly declaring the gospel and living living the gospel for others, we close that door for them. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think it had to do with the power we have as God's people to give witness to what God has done through Jesus the Christ, and the gospel message. Uh, that's kind of what I have come down to. It could mean much more than that and maybe differently, but I think at, at the very least it means that we have a great power given to us through our, we uh, we hold this message, we hold this uh, gospel that is life-changing, it's world-changing. And I believe that's the power that's being alluded to here. Mm-hmm. I don't know, Stacey, if you have another thought on that or anything. Well, I think that was very well said, and I love that you said faith is the coin of the realm. It's yes. a, and I, I think there's a, a um, there's always that sweet kind of relationship between acting on faith, and then when we act on our faith, it can cont- it we are affirmed in our faith, and it grows stronger yes. and stronger. Our faith isn't always a baby like faith. Yeah. We do grow in that, and we mature, and we become. And I I think that um, it's in like terms a muscle, of right, for and we truly do start becoming more Christ like, not just in how Christ acted, but we really become righteous in Christ like and in that way um we 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 like you said the good the the gospel those things that are open to us become open to us in the same way that they were opened and revealed as to, in Jesus's life um that power that authority it's so hard cuz we I think we tend to think of it as um uh you know, power and authority, um, but I, it's a it's a humility. I mean, it's a it's a humble attitude. It's a but that there's such strength. I mean, you think of I guess Jesus's life. There is he wasn't. Uh, I mean, he was Jesus. He was not a king. He wasn't an emperor, but he was strong, and his authority was complete. And I think that as we grow in our faith. We are more complete in our authority. It doesn't mean that it's our will always done, of course. It's God's will. But the more firm and the more 
re- I don't know, is it C.S. Lewis in The Weight of Glory? He talks about heaven being real, mm-hmm. like the more uh, and, and hell as being just, oh, I mean, it's very scriptural as being um, a facade and things that, but the only thing that has weight is heaven. The reality of heaven is got its weight. It's got, it holds, wow. it sticks. And that's a growing understanding and a growing experience of that right. uh, maturity. But uh, that's, that's about the best I could do in answering it, but right. I, I find it pretty satisfying. And also, my experience affirms it. As I have taken the gospel to the world, around the world, mm-hmm. I would never have thought as a seven-year-old child that this little orphan boy, Native American minority, uh, growing up without parent, mm-hmm. passed around. I would never have thought that God would give me such a life of, of of sharing the gospel and taking it to the world. And now that I've done it, I see his, the power is not soapy dollar. The power is that message mm-hmm. that, that we hold and that, that I've been faithful to share that message. I've watched his power uh, change lives, people, individuals, families, mm-hmm. even nations. Mm-hmm. I've been able to impact by the power of the gospel. So uh, that's the way I look at it, Ruben. Uh, It may be more than that, but I don't think it's less. (laughs) Well, no, no, I I love what she said. Uh, Pardon my interruption. I just, it it put it into more perspective than what what I was thinking. It took it to uh, like a whole other level. Uh When she said, uh, when they were talking, when she was talking about faith, uh, but then she said she kind of prefaced it and said it's not I'm not this, uh, and this is I don't remember exactly how you said it, but she said it's not to say that God's will will not be done, you know, because right. as we know in the Our Father, we ask for God's will to be done. Nevertheless, let your will be done. And you know, in my situation, I take it to like, you know, uh, what I've been through for the past. 10 years medically, you know, and, and yeah. being called to, to, to the ministry and then, you know, um, um, having to ask God, if you call me to the ministry, why am I afflicted with this, yes. this illness that's making me paralyzed? That's, mm. that's, you know, I mean, my whole livelihood is to be able to stand and walk and do, and I can't. And then the Lord rebuked me and said, you know, don't ever say you can't because you you could do all things through Mm me. And I'm just learning. And as I was reading this, I was, that's why I was breaking my head. And it's not so much the faith. I mean, yeah, it's faith. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But how can I put it to me? You you made me understand it now uh, because we have the faith to where we could, you know, say, I will be healed and, 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 and this, but there are different versions of being healed. Yes. You can have a healing, a physical healing, yes. but you could also have a healing of peace despite the mm-hmm. infirmity that you're going through, despite mm-hmm. the limitation that you have. That's and I right. Just, I just, yes. When she said that, I was like, wow, mm-hmm. you know, that's, it's not, because God can heal me in a, mm-hmm. in a lickety second. He can 
he can heal me. Mm-hmm. Yes. He, 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 and he it. will right. <laughs> one day, right, for sure, right. one day when we'll be in glory, if not before. I always exactly. think of that. Yeah, I always think of that sweet Johnny Erickson Tata, and yes. uh, she's prayed for healing all her life. And he and he can do. Stories are different, of course. Yeah. And, um, but she, uh, you know, it's it's very different. And I, I think what the joy where the joy comes in, like you just said, that peace can't be taken. You know that no. the the and. The authority that you've been given might look different than maybe what you, you know, kind of really yeah. wanted or are hoping and praying and yeah, thought would right. But, but um, how much more powerful you are in the fact that you still are standing firm in your faith. That there's a peace that passes all understanding. Yes. That there's a joy that cannot be yeah. <laughs> taken yeah. away. And as you share the yeah. gospel message, and and as you yeah. pray, I I know I happen to know Johnny Erickson, and had been time with her talking about her experience, and she she said very clearly she would never have dreamed in a thousand years right. that. She would have the impact her life has had worldwide, right. and through painting, through writing, through singing, mm-hmm. it's amazing. Mm-hmm. But but mm-hmm. she's still restricted to that wheelchair, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I, it's just it, it really is a good picture of this verse that the power of God is at work, and it works. Uh, Founded and based in the gospel of Jesus, mm-hmm. and she's been a world changer, mm-hmm. and were the apostles. And Reuben, this phone call yeah. has been That's uh, right. very inspiring, and who knows how many lives you bet, you've touched Reuben. with this phone call. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. No, thank we'll be you praying for you. And I'm glad I caught you this early. I'm yes. glad I caught you. So yes, we were thank wondering. You for your <laughs> Good to see you. God bless you. Thanks, Good to talk Reuben. to you, brother. We'll talk to Larry in just a moment when we come back from the break, or do you want to get him on now? Oh, well, let's see. How much time do we have, John? Uh, okay, well, yeah, yeah Larry, let's at least Larry say up. hi. <laughs> we won't rush you off, though. Uh, Larry, are you there? Okay, yes, I am. Hey, Glad to hear you. Beautiful Sunday evening. Oh, thank you. Yes, we're good. Uh, how are you? Boy, we, um, I, we don't have to I am blessed. On, those ver- on that verse that the prior gentleman called in Yes, on, yes, Reuben. Let, let iron sharpen iron. Okay. Oh, yes. God says it's not by power, it's not by mind, it's by my spirit. By my spirit. Okay, when we go to that verse, Peter was not the revelator. He, because Jesus goes on to say, after he says upon this rock, he goes on to say, Blessed are you, Peter, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood is not revealed this unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. Yes. Okay, the keys that we have is what you were saying, the gospel. Because life and death is where? In the tongue. If you will confess the Lord with your mouth. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And believe in your believe heart, in God heart. from the dead, that shall be saved. Uh-huh. If you deny him, how, how does a person deny the Lord? With their mouth. Okay? Right. And if they confess, what did Jesus say? If you confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father, which is in heaven. Yeah. That will be bound on earth and in heaven. Yep. And if they deny the Lord... It will be denied on earth and in heaven. 
But the revelation, Peter is not that rock. I know yeah. you know that. Yes. Because Jesus, like I said, he goes on to say, flesh and blood, blood has not revealed this unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. Mm-hmm. And how does God operate? By God the Holy Spirit. Yes. It's well, you know, Paul, even even, even the word for rock in that verse, he says, Peter... Uh, it is a pebble. It's a pebble. And the other <laughs> one is a good. Petra, and one, uh, I've forgotten the other word now. The other word, right. The, exactly. There's a different word used for the rock that is the cornerstone of God's kingdom. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. talking and, and, about I mean, the gospel, even, not, Peter, not Peter himself. Right. right. What, the power we have is by God the Holy Spirit through the gospel. Mm. That's right. The words, these words are speaking to you, they are spirit and they are life. Thank you, Larry, for calling. Thank you. Thank you for good call. And don't forget, rather, way, Ruben, don't forget the power of prayer, as we mentioned the influence you can still have. Okay? That's right. Well, we are done with our first segment. You're listening to The Bible Live. We'll be, be, we'll be right back after this to talk about Esther and First Corinthians. for the fourth Independence Day. That's one reason why, again, I think our reading schedule had been ordained by God himself. I I really believe that because without intention, purpose, all of our readings seem to line up with our national holidays. Fourth of July, we're talking about Corinthians, that where the Spirit of God is, there is freedom. Hello, this is a great theme of freedom mm-hmm. of, that we can look at when we get to Corinthians. But first, we've got to talk first, about Esther a little Esther bit, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, so well, let's see. The writing, I think that there's, uh, who is written by, I think some say maybe Ezra, some say maybe Mordecai himself. Um, I like that. I like the idea that maybe Mordecai wrote it. Um I think they, uh, yeah, Clement of Alexandria suggested Mordecai since uh, there are many Persian words in the book and there's no Greek influence. And uh, he he ministered or he lived at that level right. in the country. Mordecai rode to a very high position right. and there were very um, 
clear archives, mm -hmm. records that the Persian emperors kept, and they're referred to several times during Esther. Mm -hmm. And so the, the record of his saving the emperor's life, for example, was there, and that led to uh, Mordecai being exalted, being right. uh, praised by the emperor. Right. So it, it's likely, very likely, could have been Mordecai mm -hmm. or someone at that level right. to have the book inserted, inserted into the national uh, archives mm -hmm. of Persia. Mm -hmm. And then as far as the date, let's see, it's not too much longer after Xerxes that you we come to Alexander the Great. And so because there's not uh, very, there's not much of a Greek influence, there's not much Greek in the writing, it's mostly Persian, they believe that it was likely written before Alexander the Great. And so mm. before about 330 BC. So that puts it you know, we're, we're, so we know roughly where does that, so the, the actual story though, and when it does happen, uh, is, uh, let's see, it's after, it's a post, no, it's, it's not. The, um, early fifth century, around 483. Okay. And we know that because we know during the reign of Xerxes, mm -hmm. Artaxerxes, that, that happened, uh, so that is a good I, I so this is after it, Cyrus has mm -hmm. the the Jewish people have been allowed to return to Canaan, and so they have they've they've returned. Cyrus allowed that. The Nehemiah's building the wall. You've got uh, Zerubbabel. You've got everything that was. Uh, in our last readings, Ezra had supervised Ezra. the rebuilding of the temple, mm -hmm. Nehemiah the rebuilding of the walls mm -hmm. around the city, and uh, that had taken place. And so that's in uh, Jerusalem, and, mm -hmm. but back in Babylon, well, what was Babylon? Uh, Syria, uh, Persian, the, per the Medo Persians mm -hmm. take over from Babylon, and uh, now, so, so from Cyrus. Rises. And, and then Darius, the and then you have Xerxes, and then uh, Artaxerxes, and that is the timeline. And so this is the remnant of Jews that have remained in Persia, formerly known as, as Babylon. Mm -hmm. Got to keep all of these countries. <laughs> formerly known as Babylon. <laughs> yes. That's good. Uh, and so that, which I, I think is an interesting, um, is interesting just because it, it, it reveals a little bit of what something of an exile and then a return from an exile, what that would have looked like as far as a people group. You tend to think of, you know, when the Jews, uh, when the Hebrews left Egypt, all of them left. And, and, and I tend to think of that kind of an exodus being what happens all the time. But it wasn't. Mm -hmm. uh, many people that returned, it was a long, hard trip. And so there were probably quite a few who were not able to make that trip. And they remain behind, uh, which is fascinating because that means that God's people, Daniel, uh, by this point, for example, right, stayed behind. Yes. And so that by this point, I mean, God's people are spread all throughout uh, the regions. I mean, you've got the, because uh, exactly. people have been taking cap taken captive right and left around this time exactly. <laughs> between everything with Assyria and Persia and Egypt. So, um, so that's where Esther is. Esther and Mordecai have remained behind 
and are in um, Persia when Haman. Haman is a, uh, an Agagite. An Agagite. Uh, curious, curious, mm, curiously enough, <laughs> not saying a word well, but uh, the Agagite were um, a descendant of. Um, if you go back in Gen Z, uh, I mean, in Samuel, remember Saul did not kill the yeah. king, uh, the Agagite king. Interesting. And now, as he was ordered to, and you'll have to look it up, but the fact that he was disobedient uh, was a very serious mistake on his part. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, the Spirit of God departed from Saul, and David was anointed uh, to be his successor. But, um, uh, oh, Samuel Faye Santo Alcedo again. But if he had done, this, this mm-hmm. might have been averted. Right. That this yeah. is a descendant of that Agagite mm-hmm. king Interesting. Uh, that Saul would supposedly to remove. Isn't that curious how God, one thing happens several centuries before, but it turns out to have a long-term effect. Right. In this case, it turned out about Saul's disobedience mm-hmm. resulted in a, a, a near catastrophe. Mm-hmm. But... But God, right? But God (laughs) stepped in and had a a beautiful little girl named Esther, and he raised her. Now, uh, this to the prince, the queen, was uh, ordered by the emperor to present herself. Uh, They were having one of these Persian parties. uh, They were a warlike people. And whenever they were going to go to war uh, for the season of war, he would gather all of his officers, his generals, and they would have sometimes months long mm. uh, uh, partying, uh, carousing, all, but at the same time uh, making their plan to battle. Mm-hmm. And so he ordered Vishnu, his daughter, his wife, to come. And in the context of the language of Hebrew, it appears that he appointed, uh, he told her to, to come when, when, without clothing. <laughs> she was supposed to present herself, and she refused. Good for her. Yes. She refused. Well now she. Uh, another thought: it, it is likely that she was pregnant with Artaxerxes at this time, okay. and that's another reason she did did not want to. Right. But you she, said Vish. I think you did. You, Vashti. Vashti. Okay. I'm sorry, Vashti. You're right. Okay. Okay. Vishnu is a. Indian. An Indian god. <laughs> yes, I just wanted to make sure I wasn't missing something. But she uh, was taken off the throne and made a place for Esther because of her beauty, mm-hmm. we have to say, mm-hmm. somehow came to the forefront mm-hmm. and she was put in on the throne as queen. Mm-hmm. And when Mordecai rose up to try to destroy the people of God, mm-hmm. 
from jealousy, uh, from uh, theological reasons, and uh, not a believer, mm-hmm. and and the, the pure racism is racist, right. and said we want to kill. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Esther was in a place of influence then, and she was willing to use her influence. Take it very risky. Mm-hmm. She could have lost her life as well, mm-hmm. but she was willing to put her life and her uh, exert her power to uh, save the people of God there. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important. I'm sorry, Stacey, to talk yeah, too much here, mm-hmm. but I think it's important. This is a, again another chance for us to realize that the truest meaning of the word Israel is the people of God. Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes, of course, in the Old Testament, quite often, it relates to this people group okay. that happened to be Israel as a nation people mm-hmm. group. <laughs> but that was also, Israel included many foreign people. Okay. And, and and the truest meaning of Israel mm-hmm. is the people of God, and God furthers, the, he protects the, his people, those who follow him and love him, both those in Canaan and both those who are still back in Persia. He protects them, and, and for their sake, for witness at that moment, but also remember, he's going to bring the Messiah through this to his people. And so before the people of God are wiped out, it happened in Noah's time, well, they could be, God preserves, protects, works on their behalf because he's going to continue to have a plan through his people Mm -hmm. to to bring the Messiah to the world through Mm -hmm. them. I I think that bears repeating. Well, it's also, I think, because... Uh, you know, Haman wanted yeah. all of the Jews to be killed, but I'm assuming this was just the Jews that were still in Persia. Yes. I mean, they weren't going to travel all the way to Jews. So I think it's so sweet to see how God has expanded the geography of this as well. It's not as though, okay, my temple now is back in Jerusalem. So my people, and I don't really care about them anymore because they're in Persia. He's kind of, he's expanded their understanding perhaps even of how much and how far he's willing to go to save his people. It's not bound by geography, and it's not bound by even the geography of the temple itself. It's his people far and wide. And I, it's I still think God's sweet. people, yes. and he's still working on their yes. behalf. Yes. And, that's, and it's a, this, I believe, is the establishing uh, the festival of Purim. Okay, so this was... Uh, the, another reminder, kind of similar to Passover with Egypt, this is the festival of Purim. He has saved them. And, uh, oh, the cast, uh-huh. Because the ca- they cast lots to yes. see the day of their redemption, and it turned up on on the day that they then, oh. they, they could not change the, the edict. that could not change the law that the Persian king had made. Did you know that? I did, yes. There's a practice. What is it that when he, when they made a law, 
and put it take it at law. So let it be written. So it let it be done. It could not be let it be written. Let, let it be done. done or something. It could not be revoked. So they gave them a, a, a new law. Mm-hmm. Didn't revoke the other one, but said. Uh, the people of Israel can defend themselves. Mm-hmm. He gave them right to, to defend their property, defend their lives and their families mm-hmm. from the attacks that were authorized under the edict mm-hmm. of Haman. Mm-hmm. It, it's a very interesting, tremendously interesting, mm-hmm. and that's why Mordecai said, for such a time as this, right. you have been raised up. Mm-hmm. A little... Jewish girl, all all of a sudden becomes the, the king of per uh, the queen of Persia. The, what a, what a, it seems that I mean that probably is one of the most, if not the most, famous uh, verse out of the Book of Esther. Probably right yeah. for such a time as this. For such a time as you this. almost wonder if. Jesus, maybe you would have thought. Oh that, yeah, you know, but, but uh, we were talking about that. Mm-hmm. It was just in the right moment, mm-hmm. right time in history when Jesus came. Mm-hmm. It was it was pre-planned. It was it, a there's time. a logic to it. If ever somebody could say that, it was. Yeah, for yeah. such a time as this, mm-hmm. and we can take Fourth uh, of July. I would encourage people to pray, pray that God would bring revival and uh, renewal to our country. And he always works through his people. And I don't know a lot of uh, the older believers and the ones who have led for decades, wonderful, great, godly men and women, uh, many are passing away. Uh, Billy Graham's gone, Bill Bright's gone, and... Uh, you're, the patch of your... Oh, Tim Keller. Tim <laughs> Keller's gone. The uh, generation is moving away. Mm-hmm. Who might God raise mm-hmm. up in mm-hmm. this land that would... Uh, now, it's going to be a work of all of God's people, mm-hmm. that's for sure. Mm-hmm. But the, usually there would some... God will raise up someone who captures the imagination. God's spirit is on him and uh, that could galvanize the attention of the body of Christ, God people on the on the on the theme of re- man or woman that he is raising up for this time in in America. So mm. we gotta be praying for our nation right now in that sense. Amen, that's right. We were just talking about how we uh sometimes we we get very into our scripture passages in our Sunday, we forget to talk about what's upcoming, (laughs) even though the irony is that it does line up so well with um, holidays. That's right, July 4th on Tuesday, Book of Esther and Corinthians. So we don't have too much time. We're almost through our second segment, um, but we will move into now Paul um, and his writing to the Corinthians, uh, of course, after Jesus this time and uh, and I well a little out I, I don't know why I get stuck on this but I think it's interesting that you said that tradition has it that Paul wrote four letters mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we would have had a fourth a third and fourth Corinthians but I think believe they're just two <laughs> found and uh, yeah. so <laughs> we only had three John there are references in the Corinthian books to, to two letters. other writings that we do not have. But we 
as uh, Samuel Clemens says, it's not the things that in the Bible that I don't understand or don't find, like a two other book, that bother me. It's the things that I do understand and I do find. And so we got plenty to pray over by, mm-hmm. with what we have, mm-hmm. the two books of Corinthians. I have a quick question there before we do move. Let's see, Esther, last week we talked about how... You've got the history books, and then you, uh, and the reason that uh, the chrono- chronolog- chrono- the chronology seems as if it's a little off is just because of the organization of the Old Testament. So you've got the history books first, and then you followed by the minor prophets. Yeah. And so the end of the minor prophet books, the minor prophets, though, of course, you're going then back in time. Right. You have to like you, Isaiah, go back to pre. Uh, 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 Pre-exile. Exile. Right. And Jeremiah yep. is leading up to exile. So the right. prophets, chronologically, the prophets, we step back now and watch the period in which they exercised their ministry right. before the exile, during, and then after, as yes. you said. And that was one of the questions. I f- we forgot to answer it, but uh, we were in Nehemiah, and one of the questions was, it was, I believe, Obadiah and Hezekiah. Uh, is that right? Or contemporaries of who? Nehemiah. Nehemiah would be, uh, we said, Zechariah. Zechariah. Uh, uh, Haggai and okay. Malachi. Okay. Where do we fall with Esther? Uh, during the uh, during the exile. So Daniel, still, yeah, Daniel was around. May have been no, not quite. He probably firm, would have. There's not a firm date. Okay. For Esther, as far as when it was written, the latter part right, of the, the events for themselves, the earlier part of the fifth century. Right. So Daniel uh, would Daniel not have probably, probably made it all the way was to. gone by then, but his influence was would, still there. Would, Incredible, and and you have to think not only Daniel individually, but Shagak, Meshach, right. Abednego, Mordecai, godly uh, men, women of God, they had an impact on Persia. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they, uh, maybe some of their writing gave Vashti the courage to refuse the king. Perhaps. Yep. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out someday. Someday. All right. We've got about three minutes left in the second segment. Let's, if you don't mind, Dad, yeah, move on to Corinthians. Yeah, get us going. Oh, me. Me, oh, my. If you don't mind, Okay, Dad, Cor- don't Corinthians, as most people understand, it was a, a new city. It, it was built by the Romans mm-hmm. on the coast. It was a real... Pit. <laughs> the, it was well, uh, well, pit wealthy. It was not well, impo- well, very it wealthy. Right. Uh, a lot Just of money immoral. around and so on, but immoral mm-hmm. and powerful forces uh, that would oppose the gospel. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there was a temple to Aphrodite that was headquartered there, and it was a port city, so they had the normal. Uh, problems of a port city the the sailors get off and they go looking for the brothels they digs at corinth Mm -hmm. over a thousand brothels were discovered in in that city it was Mm -hmm. very immoral 
and had the great temple to Aphrodite, and uh, there were, and this explains a lot of the problems that the people of Corinth had. The believers, they were in a very hostile environment, and it, the problems they faced was the role of women in the mm-hmm. church and to be humble, be modest, mm-hmm. and to not not to let their behavior as Christian women be confused with the role of right. the uh, priestesses of right. the uh, temple prostitutes right. in, in the temple of Aphrodite. Mm-hmm. So you have admonitions to be modest yes. and dress in behavior and speech. Okay, these are not Jewish. Well, there's a, it's a mixture. A mixture. Okay. Remember, uh, oh, right. uh, um, which is another. <laughs> and I said, not in fire, but uh, the, the couple that took Paul and lived with him, and he practiced uh, making tent yes, with right. them. Uh, we'll get them. We'll, we'll get, get their them. names. And uh, but he, they, so it's a mixture. A Jewish and Gentile believers, right. and uh, they they and they had problem with eating meat that had been sacrificed to the living in such a hostile environment mm-hmm. and living for Christ. Right. It's a very helpful book to it, us as believers. It is as you listen to uh, as as listening to it so so practical um i I remember thinking boy do people have do people have we read (laughs) do people read this we have to let people know what you're talking about uh you said it's live (laughs) where there is a place in the bible you can hear every word every verse every chapter every book of the bible every year Mm -hmm. we'll tell you about when we we get back patriotic part should we stand up? Oh, beautiful for spacious skies, for amber waves of grain, for purple mountains, majesties, about Patriotism swells in the heart of the American bear. Oh, <laughs> like that. That's Even nice. Fozzie's patriotic. That's that Fozzie? Fozzie Bear, the Muppets. Oh, oh Fozzie Bear, the Muppets, Fozzie Bear. Is there any music you do not know, John? Yours? <laughs> I don't know where you get these. From the Muppet movie. Uh, uh, well, everything applies at the Bible Live. We can all, we, it is all relatable. I think this is very Paul and very Corinthians. We can, yeah. everything be brought under exactly. uh, the wisdom of Scripture. You are listening to the Bible Live and with Soapy Dollar. 
whom uh, is my dad, and he is here in the studio, and I'm Stacy, and we're so grateful to be with you this evening. It's a little earlier tonight than usual. Uh, well, you live. don't hear it nine till ten thirty, yes, so on Sunday, it's good to see everyone. Yes. You're always welcome to stick around till ten thirty if you want to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, but you should stick around if you're listening. Uh, uh, short, just right after this program is SoCal Harvest Crusade uh, going on in California. KSLR will be uh, airing it live, and so it should be really exciting. Stay tuned for that. A lot of good music, um, wonderful speakers. And so that's up next after the program. Uh, so just for this week only, we're from 6 to 7.30. And uh, where you can listen, when I say listen to tonight, we'll just be talking about what we've been reading over the week. The readings can be found on the website. So you go to BibleLive.com or TheBibleLive.com, either one. Uh, and right there on the homepage, you'll have the week's reading all five days, weekdays, within the current day's reading on the homepage. If you miss a day and you need to access all of the readings and catch up or um, do some even from you know some archived, you can go to programs and then podcast and you can access all of them. And they're great, wonderful readings. Uh, it is primarily just God's Word, uh, about a 20 to 30 minute reading. But what I do find really helpful and wonderful is Dad gives a brief commentary before and after just to give you the context and set the stage a little, let you know where you are in this great, wonderful story about Jesus. And uh, and that's, that's helpful. Dad, I, I love how he always says he's not the Holy Spirit. He's not your guide through scriptures. That's the role of the Holy Spirit. But he's a scout. <laughs> he's a good scout, just kind of trying to stay a little bit ahead. Uh, he's always been a wonderful reader and grew up uh, memorizing this this Bible, this God's Word. And so uh, I think he is playing his role for just a time as this <laughs> uh, very well. <laughs> well said. Uh, yes. Sweet. Thank you, honey. Yes. Well, so we just finished up Esther and uh, kind of talking through it, discussing it. We we'll move into 12 chapters mm-hmm. of the first book of Corinthians, okay. the first letter. First of four, evidently. We know that because Paul references his other two letters, mm-hmm. uh, but we do not have those two. We have first and second Corinthians. Uh, let's see, Paul is writing around 55 AD. Is that about correct about? This is, uh, he's writing, um, he had been in, where was he prior to Berea? And uh, in... Where else was he, Dad? And he, they were experiencing persecution pretty heavily, and so he had to flee. And that's how he ended up in Corinth, and the church got established there, of all places. Again, we see God at work, yes. moving Paul mm-hmm. by persecution and threat. Mm-hmm. Paul had to flee. Now, the church in Philippi was Philippi. a strong church, and good church. Thessalonians mm-hmm. was a very strong church. But he drove him over to Corinth, Mm -hmm. and Corinth, a a strong, vital church there, but they had to struggle with their environment. It was, uh, and it it, it had the worth, it had the value to us, especially if we live in a hostile. And America had become more hostile to faith, uh, more resistant to faith Mm -hmm. uh, through the 
last decades. Mm-hmm. And so we need to pay attention to what it says and and uh, God can use it to yes, it bring is. country yes. uh, back to him. Right. I do love the uh, the you know some of Paul's opening words of wisdom. Mm-hmm. Uh I love how he says, you know, I'm not talking though to the unbelievers. You know, I'm I'm not they're going to do what they're going to do. They, they they don't know Jesus. They aren't saved. They're going to act as with that old nature, he said, when I'm, I'm talking to the church, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm talking to the expectations now on you who are a new person born again. And I, I think that that's very valuable and such great, uh, it's just wise, um, because as far as how we relate with one another and how we engage with the world. I think sometimes because we feel like we're a Christian nation or that we were, you know, that we have this uh, inheritance of faith that we, our expectations on unbelievers is to act as believers. And and you can't do that. You can't do that. Uh, I mean, you can, but it's going to be not uh, healthy. And, um, and, and I think there's a real, I guess if our theme is freedom, there's a lot of freedom in realizing um, who we are and who people are who are when they're not in Christ and they're not believers. And to remember that we're fallen people and, uh, and that we've, we remember also our path. We were once also fallen people, right? There go I, but by the grace of God. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's, because Paul doesn't really write. I mean, he, there's an acknowledgement that Corinth is immoral and pretty decadent, very hedonistic. But then that's it. He mostly speaks, though, to the church, to mm-hmm. the believers. He doesn't harp on what they're doing and how awful it is. Um, because, of course, it's going to be like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, unbelievers are going to act like unbelievers act. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it's not that they're all cor- corrupt and no, immoral. Right, right. They can be very good people, mm-hmm. but th- th- they don't have the spirit the of, of the God. Spirit. And mm-hmm. We need to be reborn mm-hmm. to be in God's kingdom. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're trying and struggling, and we can help them with the right. gospel message as well. Right. I also oh. Well, that other moment in Corinthians when Paul is speaking to, and this may be kind of have what you're alluding to, our actions aren't necessarily what we stand. They matter, absolutely, how we act and what we do matters. But Paul was always very intentional about it's, it's their faith. It's mm-hmm. it's the gospel, and it's do they know Jesus? And uh, when he talks about if you, you I, uh, he was very grieved to find out that one of the members of the church was sexually involved with his father's wife, or would that have been his mother? What was it? It was it was a not yes, a good yes. relationship. And he says, get him out, get him out of the church. He's not, a, so that he can be saved. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a sweet, um, it, in other words, yeah. it wasn't a get him out so that we aren't um, muddied or can, and it wasn't get him out because we hate him. It was for his own good. And I thought that was, he's kind of good about keeping his eye on the, on the prize and the prize is yeah. a human soul. Church, dis- 
church discipline exists for the good, for the good, for restoration, right. and for positive. I, I've always given. A, I, I have a, a poem. Oh, I love this that, poem. This is that I think it's good Stay in tuned. that context uh, because that happening, that person was calling, uh, causing division right. in the church. Mm-hmm. And that was another of the big problems they were having. In fact, Jesus, uh, uh, Paul, is so intent on not being divisive. Some people were saying, oh, I'm after Paul. And other Apollos. people said, I'm after Apollos. You know, right. they were dividing up. And Paul didn't want to have anything to do with that. And he uses, he, what name did he use ten times in the first ten verses of the book? For himself? Ten. No. Paul uh, uses the name, or a certain name, ten times in the first ten. Ten verses of First Corinthians. What um, name did he use? You mean to refer to him? Let's see. Huh? He's, he's, In the first ten verses, he uses. Is this the one name. of the questions? Oh, no, this he, he, <laughs> getting a taste well, of my own medicine. I'll let that people answer that question. <laughs> oh, there, we'll oh, put it out there. There we go. Uh, yes, Paul is fighting against the idea of division. I'm going to pretend like I know the answer. I say, yeah, that's that's for you out there. Well, here is my poem about being judgmental of other people. Okay. It's entitled uh, humbly. Titled The Best Poem in the World. I was shocked, confused, and bewildered as I entered heaven's door. Not by the beauty of it all, nor the lights or its decor, but it was the folks in heaven who made me sputter and gasp the thieves, the liars, the sinners, the alcoholics, and the trash. There stood the kids from seventh grade who swiped my lunch money twice. Next to him was my old neighbor who never said anything nice. But Bob, who I always thought was rotting away in hell, was sitting pretty on cloud nine, looking incredibly well. I nudged Jesus. I said, what's the deal? I would love to hear your take. How did all these sinners get up here? God must have made a mistake. And why is everything so quiet, so somber, I said. Can you give me a clue? He said, hush, child. They're all in shock. No one thought they'd be seeing you. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, it, it, it's pretty much the best form I've ever read. But, but that is... Paul would have used that story, that uh, that poem for them. There were divisions and they were attacking, and, and yet we have the great chapter 13. We don't get to it tonight mm-hmm. uh, in our reading last week, but the great love chapter of the Bible mm-hmm. and the, the power of God is so well demonstrated in the Corinthian church, even with all the struggles, right. uh, it's it seen that they they can be overcomers. That's right. And isn't that the, and here, how many centuries later, it's a funny thing when you say Corinth was 
immoral and decadent. Mm. And, and uh, that's not... Yet when I think of Corinth, I think of Corinthians and how wonderful and how the love it's, chat and how it's, it's, he yeah, really has redeemed it. That was an insult, a common insult uh, that they would to call a person a Corinthian. That was a, a common you know, insult right. to them. Ah, you old Corinthian, you're immoral, <laughs> you know. That was common, so that was right. the reputation the city had, mm-hmm. but God made a difference in that people's lives. Right. Uh, let's speak, speak to maybe a little bit of Paul's approach to ministry mm-hmm. and to his um, kind of the be all things to all people mm-hmm. and how that can be. I think sometimes, just like with many things in Scripture, different extremes are taken out of context. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it? You have been to Mongolia and to India and to Russia and different cultures. and to uh, What do you find or what have you found is most helpful? Or what are you putting yourself in Paul's shoes? Is he saying to kind of adapt <laughs> or is he or maybe a little bit or is he saying you need to to stick to the universal message of the gospel which will apply in all circumstances uh, yeah. or both okay. uh, yes <laughs> right there you go <laughs> that is true really both both uh, are true but i think one of the most important things to remember is the gospel. Mm-hmm. Remember the gospel. Mm-hmm. The gospel is not identified tightly with any culture, with any. Uh, there always every culture has elements that are good and positive, and and uh, most. Uh, if the gospel is not there, a lot of the uh, their God, a lot of their culture, a lot of the society will, will be pagan. Because like he said, they don't have anything else. And so you had to be able to separate uh, your culture and your understanding of Christianity as an American Mm -hmm. in our culture, in our society, our socioeconomic uh, Mm -hmm. environment that we live in, Mm -hmm. and separate it. And when you go to another culture... Mm -hmm. Understand that culture, speak right. their language, yeah. uh, learn their norms and their mm-hmm. uh, their means of communicating, and so on. Mm-hmm. And we think of it as bad. Oh well, that's terrible. It's not or it like, can well, be kind of it's Not it's not like America. They mm-hmm. eat this, they eat that, or they don't do this, or they don't celebrate this. And uh, it, it's not bad. It's just different. Mm-hmm. In many cases, mm-hmm. and if it's not immoral and wrong biblically, right. then we we can stretch with it, and we can uh, identify with them, and mm-hmm. we can enjoy learning their culture and mm-hmm. their language and their the way they do things and see things. It can make us bigger people mm-hmm. by seeing it, and make us more effective in sharing with them. As well, mm-hmm. so I, I think that's the biggest lesson from 
I've gotten from being around other cultures and other nations is that you have to kind of go in and be flexible, mm-hmm. but but not compromising the gospel. Mm-hmm. But see, a lot a lot of times we have the gospel. There's a lot of cultural mm-hmm. uh, American. Uh, right. Parts to it. Sure. Well, and we have to be willing yeah. to let those go. And it's kind of interesting because, I mean, maybe this is me, but, uh, you know, you think of Daniel and how so much of life prior to the coming of Jesus was maintaining a identity and a culture and different dietary restrictions was holding so fast to that but for the purpose of preservation and pointing to the messiah and to jesus once jesus came and we actually now have met him we have seen him face to face we know him he's established as a person with a name and uh, that we can be in him and it's interesting how I see where you're going. yes now there there's that freedom yeah there's the flexibility those things all begin to to those melt away. Those are no longer the uh, uh, those are no longer the constrictions that help kind of define self. Yes. Um, you know, to and You're exactly and right. That, that's so fun. It's like it's really like a um, maybe like a, a a marriage or like a wedding. You know, before you're before you actually know who you're going to marry, before you get married, there's a lot of sort of you know that maybe someday and you kind of maintain this or maintain that. But once there's that relation, once there's that covenant, once there's that promise, once there's that new established relationship, relationship, there's a whole new now way to relate even in the world. I mean, there's a whole new set of, I mean, it's a lot of, it's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. Uh That is a joy of uh, intercultural ministry is, Exploring and learning. Right. You, there's a lot of good things that we learn from. We can learn from other cultures and mm-hmm. other people groups. And mm-hmm. We can be inspired by them, uh, and, and uh, that's exactly true. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, the, the, the understand the gospel profoundly. Right. It, it sets us free. Mm-hmm. And free to enjoy, yeah. free and mm-hmm. Paul. And you can see Paul enjoyed that freedom. Here he is, a, a, a Jew, a, a Pharisee of the Pharisees, right. real tight, constrained boy. And he comes out with his freedom. Don't worry about the food you eat. Uh, you know he he, right. he, he comes on <laughs> both sides of that argument that you mentioned. He said, "Be sensitive." Be sensitive to your brother or sisters. Don't do anything in, to make them someone fall. Right. The law, law of love. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, you have freedom. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't matter what you eat. It's uh, going to matter toward God. And, right, right. And, and so he does this thing I'm talking about. Right. He understands the gospel profoundly, and it gives him freedom mm-hmm. to move effectively in uh, different cultures. Right, yes. Oh, I bet. And he was 
what a time to be able to move because there was so much. I mean, we talk about um, a professor of mine in college used to say that beauty is the child from the marriage of truth and goodness. Mm. And I, I love that just because a lot of times maybe we know what beauty is when we see it or, you know, there's that common and beauty is in the eye of the beholder, which is nice. But it makes it seem like beauty doesn't quite have any boundaries. You don't know exactly any so meaning. I, any meaning. Yeah. Yes. Mm. It could just be whatever you think is pretty. And I've always loved what Say you it said. Again. Yes. What is it? Beauty is the child from the marriage of truth and goodness. Mm-hmm. And so, and it kind of reminds me of that, uh, of um, the first things principle, right? You seek second thing. If you're seeking a second thing as a first thing, you lose out on both the second thing and the first thing. <laughs> but if you put the first thing first, then those other things will follow and they'll come, you know? So like if you put alcohol as a first thing, you end up losing all enjoyment of alcohol because you get addicted to it and you lose out all just life and being a productive citizen. But if you put the first thing first, and of course this is Lewis's and God is first, then all those seconds, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of these things will be added to you as well. But um, That's great. The marriage of truth and goodness. goodness brings a child of beauty, and, beauty. and I get beauty speaking of uh, beauty, but, but your art and music right. and yes. creativity. And, yes. and, and this was a time where, I mean, it didn't, it didn't, but this is that kind of common grace. Uh, God is... He is creator, and he has, and the good rains down on the bad, and bad rains down on the And there's common grace. Uh, there's still beauty in the world, even if you don't recognize it as beauty. And it's beautiful because it's true and it's good. And there is evil and ugly in the world. And it, it is evil, and it is okay. It is truly evil and ugly because it is not good or it is not true. A lie is not beautiful. And something that is evil and wrong we know that and it is not you can't twist it and say oh that's beautiful just because you want to slap a label on it i think there's so we have to be able uh, be able and to to recognize both yes and that time period i think uh you know there there were beautiful things there are ways and and it was a lot of time Mm -hmm. of art and of music and of aristotle and of greek philosophy and i don't know i just could Mm. see paul as being uh what a fun time to be able to know the gospel know the truth know jesus himself and goodness and to be able to see that beauty in ways that he never had before that is what uh our caller before was talking about and what i was trying to express Mm. it's it's the more you experience freedom Mm -hmm. of the gospel Mm -hmm. you come down wow wow you you see what it is then it's like clearing the decks for joy for challenge for adventure it's a wonderful experience where the spirit of god is there's freedom 
Well, this is the Bible Live. Thank you so much for joining with us a little early. Stay tuned for SoCal Harvest Crusade. In the name that Paul used ten times in the first ten verses with Jesus. Oh, And happy fourth. And happy fourth. We'll see you next Sunday at night. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas, 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 930 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The The Bible Bible Live Live Quiz Show. Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and the Bible Live broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.